Are you a fan of the band Ice Nine Kills? What about the horror movies that inspire the songs? Well, if so, you're in the right place. Welcome to Silver Screams and Horror Scenes. Uh, I'm Matt. And I am Austin. And I'm Matt. And I'm Austin. And, you know, just just got to get it there twice for, you know, uh, good measure. Yeah. And uh, we're just checking ear to ear and rear to rear. <laughs> and rear to rear. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. Welcome to the premier Ice Nine Kills fan podcast. I'm, yeah. Yeah. You know, we can say that. Yeah, we, we're helping. We're helping you guys remember our names just as well as we're helping you remember. There's not really a whole lot of podcasts out there. There's not about about. I mean, about there are, the band. but yeah, not about the band. Yeah, right. That's why we're the official premier Ice Nine Kills fan podcast. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> Merry Christmas, <laughs> and also somewhat <laughs> with its elements of home improvement. You know, uh, there's there's just Tim Allen sprinkled all throughout both of our creative works. Yeah. I think. Yeah, he, he just there's no up. denying it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just like how when do we see a John Carpenter movie represent like Psycho or something like that? It's like it, it, it's going to be like this too. <laughs> We're just going like, to sprinkle do that a little purpose. bit of Tim the Toolman Taylor here. And yeah, there. we just like. <laughs> Just uh, if it was a visual podcast, there would be hidden Wilsons in the background. <laughs> just somebody's face hidden behind a fence somewhere. <laughs> but uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, I promise it's not that crazy. Um, oh, it's pretty crazy. It's it's a little crazy. We got crazy killers in it, you know. Like, yeah, even the people talking is a little crazy. <laughs> but uh, what we do here is, I am your resident Ice Nine Kills fanboy. Austin is your resident horror fanboy. Ooh-woo. <laughs> <laughs> I probably pissed off so many people. Please don't say ooh-woo again, <laughs> at least for the next five minutes. <laughs> All right. There's, I got timed out. Okay. But, um, yeah, so we're going to be covering both of Ice Nine Kills' uh, Silver Scream albums, which are based on horror movies, most of which I have not seen, but Austin has. Yep. So uh, we were going to go track by track, listen to the song, get Austin's opinions, because he's never heard these songs. Then we're going to watch the movie and get my opinion on these movies I've never seen. And a little bit of both of our opinions on each of them as the expertise um, voice. (laughs) The one one with most of the information, I feel like. We're going to merge our expertises together like uh, in Dragon Ball where they touch tips and then... (laughs) this is the show about tip touching (laughs) this this is the official ice nine kills tip touching podcast that's our new slogan man (laughs) it's a mouthful but it's a tipful (laughs) gross Uh. Uh, anyway so uh last week we covered track four which was the shower scene and psycho the movie it was based off of Mm mm-hmm and uh, this week, we're going to be covering track five, if you can believe it. Cinco. Or wait, I had that backwards, mm. I think. I think last week was five. This week is six. For those who have been listening in order, we apologize, because I'm sure this is probably <laughs> annoying. Like, if you're if you're watching all, listening to this all at once, uh, you oh, know okay. the numbers. You know numbers yeah, better. You know, 
We know we're covering the next song. There's there's two (laughs) things we know, and that's Eyes None Kills and horror movies. And the third thing is not numbers. You know, it's Tim Allen. And the fourth thing. (laughs) And the fifth thing. And the twelfth thing. It's all Timmy, baby. (laughs) Timmy. Yeah, so... Each week, though, you've been guessing which movie we're going to watch next, and uh, yeah. you guessed you know what, Christine. Yeah, because you know what? I do love that you've been asking me random movies, because that reminds me of another game you have on another show. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> the damn, uh, what is it? What, is dead, it what person? dead person? <laughs> yeah, what dead person am I thinking of? Yeah. That was a fun game, man. So, in case, so for anybody listening that enjoys the randomness of each um, stressfully choosing a random horror movie. Um, you can hear other people stressfully mentioning dead people on another game. Oh, Matt- it stresses people out so much, yeah. and I love it. This, this is oh. what Matt does. He, he records <laughs> us and he, <laughs> us being tortured. Yep, and I and I stick with it because I love it. But uh, time to torture you some more here. So. Uh, Oh, before we get into that, I have to ask you my horror movie question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for Umskin in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about do you that. Wanna, do you want to secret see if we can synchronize that? Um, the Troy and Abed thing? Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. One, two, it's Umskin in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you don't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I missed it. Um, that's okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, it's time for Matt's. Um, oh, that's mm, it's Matt's music question and my horror question. Okay, do you want to ask me my, your music question first? Sure, sure, I can do that. Okay. Matt's music question. Um, today's horror, or sorry, music question is uh, so. This is a show about the band Ice Nine Kills. Um, Matt, you, I think I have mentioned, I don't remember if it's been on show or off show, that you have met the guys of the band. How are they in person? Um, okay, so yeah, I can kind of tell this story right now. Yeah, for all the listeners that, you know, have joined the band and maybe have not got a chance to meet them, or the ones who have awesome. Yeah, so um, I... Got the chance to see them in, I think, 2013 for the first time. Ooh, that was a fun year. It was. But uh, so I was still in high school at the time, and they were playing in Pontiac at the Pike Room, which is attached to the Crowfoot. It's like a very small venue. It's like right next door or shares it with the building? It's, it's upstairs. Yeah. So like oh. the Crowfoot's like this. Have you been to the Crowfoot? Yeah, I've been to there once. Yeah, so it's like, you know, big stage, big ballroom and all Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Upstairs, they have, like, a tiny stage and a tiny little room. It's like an attic, basically. Oh, it's for, like, the smaller portion. Yeah. Have you ever been to the Diesel Lounge? Is that the place right next to it? No, the Diesel Lounge is somewhere. I forget where. Um, Jeez, it's probably, like, if I had to give a shoot, maybe Macomb area. I could be wrong. But it's, like, 
there's this kind of like small stage area that's like a bar, but then if you go to the bathrooms, there's this massive like bigger venue section of it. You're like, oh, that's where I want to be performing at. That's (laughs) that's what that sounds like to me to the crow. Yeah, it basically is. It's like they have like the big one and then like a little little baby one. Yeah, and uh, they they were they were playing in the little baby one. Damn babies. And uh, (laughs) so I remember it was a school day. I I think it was probably a Friday or something. But uh, me and a couple friends after school, we were like, okay, we're gonna drive out to Pontiac and go to this show. We're all just a bunch of like sixteen year olds. This is like. The first show I ever went to without like parents or anything. Yeah, you guys could do all the drugs. <laughs> we could, but um, we so yeah. So we go out there and uh, there's like five of us that went together, and we get to the show and there's like maybe five other people there. Oh wow! And that's that's it. Like so for the whole show, you know, like half the crowd is well, like I'd say like a third of the crowd is me and my friends. And then random people, and then the other third of the crowd is the other bands. Yeah, <laughs> like and would it you felt say like a local show? And about how much of a fan of the band have you been at this point? Oh, I mean, at this point, like I'd been into them for probably like two years or so. Like I, w- I was stoked. I was very excited. Yeah. I loved them already at this point. Oh yeah. And so, um, you know, like I got to meet a couple of the other bands and talk to them. Like we hung out with the guys from uh, a band called Sirens and Sailors for a while. They were super cool. Cool. And then, uh, so yeah, Ice Nine Kills goes on to close out the night. You know, we're all front row. They're basically giving us a fucking private performance at this point. Like, it, it was sick, though. Like, they killed it. They acted like they were in, like, a fucking stadium. Like, it, it was right. awesome. All about that energy. Oh, yeah. No, and, like, they did not care that there was only, like, fucking ten kids out there. <laughs> yeah, were, like, right. we're gonna put on a show. You're like, we drove here, damn it. We know you have. Yeah, pretty much. But so, um, after the show, you know, they finish up and they're standing by their merch booth and I walk up to Spencer, the singer. And I was like, Hey man, like this is going to sound bad. But I was like, Hey man, do you want a cigarette? <laughs> Cause I smoked cigarettes at that point. Right. And he was like, sure, dude, I'll meet you outside in like 10 minutes. And so, um, you know, me and my friends go wait outside and he comes out along with who the guy who used to play bass for them, Justin Morrow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they come out to the patio with us and literally hung out with us for like an hour. Wow. Like, yeah, no, it was fucking awesome. Just me and my fucking hood rat friends hanging out with one of my favorite singers of all time. Yeah. They're, and, and we're just, you know, shooting the shoot shit, just hanging out. I feel like in that perspective, they were like, yeah, this is just what we're doing. They were like, finally somebody, to, you know, somebody to do something while we're here. And then to you, that's like, holy right. crap. We like, I've been meaning to like fucking like listen, you know, to see these guys live. And here we are doing this. I could definitely see that how crazy that is. Yeah. Like, you know, I expected to just go see them here. I did not expect to meet one of my favorite artists and hang out with him or like, just yeah, on one, basically. Yeah. Basically to where it's like, it's no longer me seeing you and like, this is exciting. This is more of, wow. I just went to a show and just hung out with the dude. Like, if you had not listened like, to them, you were just hanging out with the band that performed that night. Right. But no, like, being a huge fan of them at the time already, it was one of the craziest experiences of my life, honestly. Yeah. Like, hands down, like, still my favorite concert I've ever been to, just because of all of that. And, you know, it was just fucking awesome. Yeah. And uh, he, he probably doesn't remember that, but right. you also got to know, uh, not his fault for smoking a cigarette with underage kids. He probably didn't know. 
I had a beard at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yours Pedro in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's actually pretty funny. You're like, oh man, I started a podcast and incriminated my my. Yeah, please don't cancel <laughs> Ice Nine Kills on my behalf. You're like, well, damn. <laughs> Took us uh, five episodes in, twelve episodes, yeah. <laughs> whatever one around. But yeah, no. So yeah, that's uh. The only time I really hung out with him, and then I've met him a few times after that, and he acted like he remembered me. I wasn't sure if he was just being nice. Right. Either way, it was cool. <laughs> but yeah, because you know it happens. It's something personal. Yeah. Because no, when, no. When like, you're going from I place totally to place, yeah, and you're meeting a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. But no, like uh, the next time I met him was at Warp Tour, I think, like a year later, and he was just kind of like, "Hey, what's up, man?" Like, you know, it seemed like he remembered me, but I wasn't going to be like, hey, you remember me? <laughs> right. Do you feel like your physical appearance had changed at all in that year or no? Probably not. Yeah. So probably. <laughs> so maybe. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, I met him another time after that when I saw another show where they were actually playing the Crowfoot Ballroom. Oh, when they yeah. were actually downstairs. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, cool. A couple years later. You're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, you did it. You want to go back upstairs again? <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah, that's that's the time I met and hung out with Spencer from Ice Nine Kills. Cool. Yeah, it was a fun time, and it was really cool. And, and I love that it could be like a youthful like memory, too. You're just like, look yeah. back at a time where you're like, because that is really cool. You know, when, you, when you've when done something like that, now it's, it's, you know, it's something. Of course, it's great. But it's different when you look back at a time when you're like, man, I had to go to school the next day or like, <laughs> right, <I think> I <laughs> did. yeah, like when you have that kind of memory, it's, it's, you know, it's a little more special somehow. Yeah. But, um, I gotta say, uh, so ever since they put out these silver scream albums with like the horror movie vibes, yeah. whenever I see like him in an interview, he's always kind of like trying to be like creepy in a way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, he was not like that at all when I met him. Yeah, you're like you're just like <laughs> he a was normal just like dude. super normal. Yeah, yeah. super normal. normal. <laughs> See, there you go. Subtle no. uh, product placement. But yeah, no, he was just a just a really chill guy, and it was awesome of him to hang out with some fans like that. God damn. <laughs> but yeah, um, so that's that's your music question. I've I've got a horror question here now. Hell yeah, time for my chance to babble. Mamma mia! Let me let me remember which one I was gonna do this week because I have a list of them. Are you um? Do you know how to do it yourself? How to do what myself? Do it. Do wet yourself. How to do what myself? You you wet yourself? <laughs> yes. Nice. Okay. Okay. How about this one? No, oh, shit. no, don't do that one. Do the next one. Uh, what is your least favorite horror movie that you've seen? Ooh, do you know? I could. Do you want a straight answer, or do you want like me to jump around a bit? Whatever you want. <laughs> okay, so you know what's funny is that I, if you would have asked me that question back in high school, I would have said the movie Funny Games. Um, oh, okay. Have you ever seen that movie? I've not, but I've read the synopsis on Wikipedia for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So, but then what I appreciated about it afterwards was that the I had rewatched it and I realized, okay, you are, as an American audience, you actually are supposed to hate this movie. Um, so then that I ended up switching back and I no longer hated it. Um, I ended up enjoying it. 
But I've had the opposite happen where a movie I did enjoy as a kid, oh. I rewatched it recently and I was like, I hate this. Uh, and that movie would be, uh, you know what? Now coming with back to my top five. I'm glad you asked me the first question of my top five favorite horror movies because <laughs> this is, it's, it's like my reference guide now. Um, but I think the movie, the horror movie I hate the least is Return of the Living Dead 2. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'm assuming you've probably never seen it. Correct. But uh, the original Return of the Living Dead movie is so great. It's so awesome. Um, if you haven't seen it, it is a fun zombie movie. It's a thrill ride of 80s punk and zombies blended together, and it's amazing. And, um, and here they made a sequel. And it's pretty much like a kid-friendly version, uh, like a PG version. And it's almost like not a sequel to that movie, but like the movie was redone and more kid-friendly, had the same actors play in some similar roles, and made some really cheesy lines. And it just was all around kind of corny and campy. And it kind of just ruined kind of ruined everything that the first movie was. So is that why you hate it so much is because the first one was so good. It's because of how it's like, it's compared to it. It's like the ugly stepchild um, to it. And I, like I said, I liked it as a kid, but then I rewatched it and it's like, what is this movie trying to be? Like, was this just a cash grab just to make it kid friendly? And then why it's still a horror movie where they're shooting zombies. It was like, it was at a whole campus level. Like they even do a thriller dance. Oh there's a God. there's a reference to Michael <laughs> Jackson being a zombie, and it's it is bad. <laughs> it, I don't. Okay, know. well now I feel like I need to watch that. It's just because of how like it's a it's associated to a great movie is what it is. I think that's the really part that made me dislike it so much. If it was by itself, yeah, whatever. I get that. That's how that's how I feel about Space Jam too. Oh, yeah. You know what? Where it's pretty much a whole rehash of it, but it's just cringier. Yeah, that's pretty much. That sounds about right. (laughs) That sounds about right. Hell yeah. All right. Well, let's get into a movie that you might like. But uh, first, we got to listen to the song that it's based on or that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I worded that right, but whatever. It's late. Um, (laughs) So you guessed the movie Christine. Yes. Without knowing anything about what the song is. Yes. And I got to say, so far, you're three for three with guessing the song off the title of the song. Okay. But I'm uh, zero for zero. <laughs> on what? <laughs> guessing it, like, by the uh, absolutely no Oh, that, that's true. <laughs> when you, if you do get it that way, I'm going to be very surprised. Okay. Yeah. But um, we never know. You did have a winner. Then you, somebody we, actually. We had a couple winners. <laughs> Yeah, for that so, other game. Yeah. So as shocked as this could be, it's actually possible. It could happen at some point where you just guess yeah. it. Because I'm not I'm not going for like underground horror movies. I'm going for more popular common ones I'm, right. I could see. I gotta say though, having not seen this movie, I don't know if you'll get it based off the title. Okay. Well let's we'll see, see though. Well, yeah, we'll uh, see. So the title of this song is Funeral Derangements. Funeral derangements. Yeah, it's like funeral arrangements, but yeah, derangements like deranged, instead. like crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have any guesses as to which movie that might be? 
Well, funeral, I would have to say um, there's only two movies I can kind of think of that kind of have a, I would imagine cemetery based, but specifically funeral. I would think maybe phantasm because um, that takes place at a morgue at a cemetery. Um, but the only other movie I can, but there's nothing really to think about being crazy in that movie. Okay. So maybe I'm thinking possibly night of the living dead. Okay. Possibly because there's no funeral in it, but there are, it is a graveyard. And then, um, Barbara grows crazy. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'll stick with phantasm. I'm going to stick with phantasm. Yeah. As so far. All right. So we are going to listen to the song funeral derangements by ice nine kills. And we're going to see if you can keep your streak going. Yeah. Because I've been guessing it right with the, just the title, right? Yeah. No, you've gotten the last three, right? Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to continue it, but I'm excited. I'm a little excited. All right. So we're going to, I might have peed a little bit. Oh, I peed a lot. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You've seen dolls that pee? <laughs> <laughs> nice are you glad you get, Yeah, are you glad you get that reference? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to check out this song and see if Austin's right, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. We just got done listening to Funeral Derangements by Ice Nine Kills. Uh, Austin, what'd you think about that? Um, so what I thought it was freaking amazing. Yes. I like uh, I said this last episode, but this is my favorite song so far. Um it is really great. Uh if we want to talk about guessing, yes, uh what the what the movie is, I immediately was like, I am wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so did you figure out what, what it was? It is actually Pet Cemetery. It is. As soon as I heard Dead is Better, I was like, oh, this is Pet Cemetery. That makes so much sense. I was like, it's a funeral arrangement of being like, okay, I'm burying you in the Pet Cemetery. And then and then it's also like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, like between seeing hallucinations of ghosts and that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, that definitely made a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know if you noticed this, but this song goes hard as fuck. Yeah, the moment it started <laughs> off, I think you probably heard me the moment like it played. I, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, because <laughs> it started out very hardcore, and I was like, this is gonna be great. Yeah, the one thing I liked about the song was how that guitar riff just had a uh, like a motor engine sound to it. That oh just yeah, great. Yeah, no, this is probably one of the heavier songs on the album, but it. It's closer to like their old style before they started doing the silver screams, and I yeah, I, I love it, and I and I like it because it kind of is. Um, I'm gonna ask this: Have you seen Pet Cemetery? I've not. I've never seen Pet Cemetery. Oh, do you have any? What What do you? What knowledge? Do okay. You have about? So from from my previous knowledge and from the song, uh, I know that it's about. A family, I'm assuming they live near this pet cemetery, and uh, mm-hmm. there's, like, legends about, like, if you bury something there, it comes back to life. 
and mm-hmm. uh, their kid dies, and then um, they decide to bury the kid there, and the kid comes back, and that's do you a, know how do you know how the kid dies? Uh, he gets hit by a truck, right? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. But this that was an, that was something about the movie that I told my wife when we first started dating. I was like. I was like, there's not a there's not a big list of movies I'm making sure that you don't watch, but this is one of them. <laughs> that's I was fair. like, I was like, because that's where I feel like the because that's why I wanted to ask you what would you know about it because that's where I feel like already before we dive into the movie that the song is capturing that because for how hard and deep and heavy and dark the song sounds, it's matching the tone of the movie because even though it's you know not a run-of-the-mill slasher movie it there's some very gothic uh tones that are just brutal uh in the movie and it it like goes there in the shock value of it hell yeah but um yeah so the the main reason i know he gets hit by a truck though is that i've seen the music video for this and uh oh when it and it doesn't show parts of the movie. Yeah, it's like kind of they kind of like recreate some of the movie while doing like their own like music video like with it. Yeah. And uh I remember when it first came out they were like uh they said that it featured a cameo from the kid in the original movie. Oh, and so gotcha. in the music video, they have the kid get hit by a truck and the truck mm. driver is the actor who played the kid in the original Pet Cemetery. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to rewatch. I'll have to watch the music. Video yeah, because we just watched the lyric video, so Austin can like right. read the lyrics. Because then it'd listening. be really obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, other than that, though, that's about all that I know about it. Okay, yeah. So I'm excited because I have read the book before. Okay, um, have you seen the movie? Oh yeah, okay. I've seen the movie, the sequel, and the remake. Okay, cool. So uh, yeah, do you do you like the movies? Like, would you say they're good? Um, you know what? If you have the first one definitely the remake is it's it's something it was it was something that was they did a little something different but it wasn't really it was executed weird um i wouldn't necessarily recommend it per se the second one i would only recommend if you go in not expecting a lot but if you happen to recognize the actors in it and it's actually a pretty, uh, it's a goofy, silly, kind of entertaining movie to watch. Okay. Well, um, especially if you have like a, uh, like a kick for like nineties horror movies. It definitely has that grungy nineties horror movie feel to it. Halloween yeah. time feel. Well, we'll get more into that as, after yeah. we watch the movie, but, um, yeah. before we cut away, I want to give my top three moments of the song. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm intrigued. I want to know. Uh, so my number three moment is, you know, the moment in the story where the kid gets hit by the truck, where it's just like in the lyrics, it's like, oh my God, Gage. And the, just the, the scream on Gage there is so like, yeah, fucking brutal. Isn't there a part that like, you can hear like the, uh, the brakes, like tire Oh yeah. Screech? Right after that. It's just yeah. like tire screech. Yeah. But um, yeah, I love that part. It just it sounds like I, I don't even know. Like it manages to capture that scene in just audio. Yeah, well, I mean I don't know, but it, I I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, and then my second favorite part is th- this is going to be a reoccurring thing. 
but it's the part before the breakdown because I feel like they do those lead ups so well in this mm-hmm. band. Like that's one of their best things is like you know like the little lead up to the breakdown. It's like some sometimes the guitar licks that do it or or more of the vocal setup for it. Yeah, definitely the vocals in this one because all the music cuts away mm-hmm. and it's just like uh, the wrath of God lays beneath this soil. Yeah. Yep. But just his scream there too is just intense. Yeah. And in, in, in the meantime, the part that I really enjoy about that section is the is the backing guitar lead in there that that is very faded out and distant, but there are these high pitched notes that make it seem like it's this ritual going on. It's like this satanic ri- um that I really enjoyed. It was like just like these high pitched just uh guitar screeches that were going on that I really they were like faded. Right. It was like really cool. But then uh, my favorite part of this song, and every time I'm driving and listening to this song, I fucking blare it, is uh, in the second verse, there's like this part where it does like a mini breakdown, but it just goes like, Cree, a Cree, mate, and like, it just fucking tickles something in my brain. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you heard that part, like, necessarily, but, like, if if it stuck out or anything, Um, but... I don't know. I'll have to... There was a lot to take in at first. I mean, yeah, Yeah. no, that's fair. Because usually with songs like these, um, we'll talk about it, but then, like, I'll listen to it a couple more times later on. I'm like, oh, man, I wish we could talk about that song again. And then I'm like, I'll bring it up (laughs) later. I'm like, like, once I give it a couple more listens to, there's things I pick up on and, like, parts that I... um, uh, Taste-wise, I end up liking more than my first right. listening to. But like, uh, I don't know. I feel like in this song, Spencer, the vocalist, really shows his low range yeah. like in his screams. Yeah. Like, which are fucking great. And he doesn't do them often, but he does them often enough where you're like, damn, he can fucking growl. Right. Like, yeah, that was something I haven't heard from this band yet. And that was really interesting to hear. And I really, really dug it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, awesome. So, um, yeah, we're going to check out Pet Cemetery, and then we're going to come back and get my thoughts on seeing it for the very first time. Yeah, and I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Right. So should I should I watch the original, you're saying? Uh, um, yes. The original okay. one was, um, I forgot, I forgot the woman that directed it, but um, you do know this is a Stephen King story, right? Oh yeah. Okay. This is yeah. This is our first Stephen King. Yeah. It only took us by was this? We're we're bad with numbers. I think this is the fifth or sixth, fourth or fifth. No, fifth sounds right. Wait, how many movies? How many? No, this is the fourth movie we've covered. Yeah, it was weird watching two movies for Child's Play. I think that's I think that's what's doing it for me. So yeah, Yeah, this is the fourth. Um. But yeah, and we finally reached our first Stephen King. Yeah. It was very, very nice. But yes, um, 
I this is one movie I actually do own a physical copy of. Hell yeah. I think it's on Peacock, so that's where I'm gonna watch. Hey, it. watch watch the language, son. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh P penis. Yeah. yeah. Penis. Yeah. Cock. Papinas. Papaya papinas. But all right, so we're going to watch that, and we'll be right back with our thoughts on yeah, it. Yeah, feel free to watch this. If you want to hop on the peacock and the hitchcock. The papinas. The papaya penis. And uh, <laughs> feel free to watch a very fun Stephen King movie. Welcome back to Silver Screams and Horror Scenes. Uh, we just got done watching the movie Pet Sematary. Is that right? Sematary. Sematary, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, it reminds me of the song we listened to, Assault and Sematary. <laughs> it was a good song. but um, Yeah, it was Sematary. Not a lot of Sematary, just some. Sematary. <laughs> sematary. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we just got done watching Pet Cemetery. My first time ever watching it. Yeah, so um, was it anything you expected the movie to be? So I kind of knew, like, some of the story beats, you know? Like, I knew what it was about. Yeah. But um, I think it was less of a horror movie than I thought it would be. It felt more like a drama for the most part. Really? At least, like, up until the last, like, half hour, maybe. Where it kind of turns into, like, a slasher movie by the end of it? Yeah. I mean, nothing really spooky happens besides the whole Pascal thing. Yeah. So to me, this movie is kind of a lot like Child's Play um, to where like, you know how Child's Play, it was like a slasher movie. You had voodoo, you had like comedy. It was like a lot of different elements in the movie. Right. Um, That's what Pet Cemetery is to me, because you have uh, you have the the what should I say? The urban legend. Um, of there being like a spooky gothic pet cemetery. That's the thing. Like I like the atmosphere in that. Yeah. And then and then on top of that, it goes like it goes into a zombie realm of bringing dead people back to life. We're like, okay, that's that's kind of similar. But then you have like a ghost like thing with Pascal, and like that's like kind of a lot of different things at once. There really was because yeah, like basically, basically it starts with ghosts. And then it's like hmm. zombies, and then the zombies <laughs> are killing people. And then slash not, not just eating yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, they're not they're not flesh eating zombies. They're like slasher zombies. Like I mean, like the kid ones. does take a bite out of Judd at some point. Oh yeah, that that, that dude that dude be crazy. He be hungry. He be snacking. He be having a lunchable. <laughs> that must have been <laughs> the most like uncomfortable scene to shoot. Um. So I actually heard that um they were kind of made him like playing. With him, like he was really familiar with Fred Gwynn. Or, oh, that's good. And um, so then, like, there's a point where he does rip his like flesh out. That's actually a puppet. Oh, okay. So it was like a, like a prosthetic doll that when they and they just pulled the dummy away to make it look like he ripped it out. Okay, that's that's when good. you go back and watch it. It's like, oh, okay, I see it. There, there were definitely other moments where I was like, that's a fucking puppet. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. When when he starts hurling down the attic, yeah, I can see that. exactly. Go, um, <laughs> before we get too into that, though, Austin, yeah, yeah. do you want to give sort of a rundown of the movie here for anyone? Yeah, who hasn't I'll give seen the it? rundown. I love giving the rundown. Can this be like my part? You show me the song and talk about it, and then I give the rundown. Yeah, 
I'm totally All good right. with that. All right. I have no idea about anything about this movie. I've never seen it before. <laughs> no, you still haven't seen it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have read the book. I will say that. Um, okay, uh, let me ask you this before then. Uh, which do you prefer? Like, which do you think did a better job telling the story? Um, Because Stephen the, King wrote both. He wrote the screenplay yeah. for this. Yeah, he wrote the screenplay, and then he definitely had some involvement with the director. I forgot her name, but this is pretty much the biggest movie she's known for. Um, But she... it's I would maybe say the book. It's not very okay. far. It's one of the closest, um, like... I've read a couple Stephen King books, maybe like a good handful, maybe like 10 or so. And I would say that this and like Misery is probably like the closest movie adaptation to like the book. Right. I've um, never read a book. It's okay. It happens sometimes. <laughs> Speaking of which, I do remember one time in middle school, we had like a video and you had recorded something about a book being upside down. So a lot of this makes a lot <laughs> I, of sense. I do remember that. You're, <laughs> maybe we'll I don't, find I don't, it. I don't remember exactly what the video was for, but it was like our whole class had to like do up signs and video. stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was like, it was like words. We were leaving eighth grade and for whatever reason they were like, yeah, let's do a three words video. Cause that was huge at the time. Apparently it was a big trend in the news. So, uh, so awkwardly kids are just filming this video. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love that. We got warped into this. Yeah, I don't uh, remember what mine said. I just remember I did have a book upside down. Yeah, and it was it. like the funniest one as a middle schooler. That was the funniest video out of all, everybody's. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Yeah. I'll and, tell middle school me that. Yeah, hell yeah. And that's probably actually when I read this book, to be honest. Um, so I do have some memories on the difference, um, but I'll, I'll get to what's different when it comes. Okay. Um. So, all right, we're going to start off. Oh, before I start this rundown, um, yes, I didn't realize before how much I've actually I re-listened to some of the previous episodes, and I didn't realize how much like I've actually kind of predicted some of the next uh, movies. Have you? Um, yeah, because I had actually mentioned Pet Cemetery Two as credits in the yeah. Chucky episode, and then in another one you mentioned like Psycho Two before we watched. Yeah, Psycho. yeah, because it was the direct <laughs> same episode. That. Yeah, because it was the director was the same one as Psycho Two, and I was like, holy shit! And lastly, I had guessed uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre as the next movie, and it was Psycho, which are both right. movies that are heavily inspired by Ed Gein or Ed Gein. That's true. That is true. So I'm like, I'm hot on the trail. I'm yeah, definitely... you're, you're getting somewhere. So uh, so I was really excited when I was like, we were watching Pet Cemetery, And I was like, wait, hold on a minute. Let me think about this. <laughs> I'm telling uh, you, you're going to guess one just out yeah. of the blue. It'll happen. Um, but all right. So here we have the movie. We started off. Um, we have the creed family they arrived to this beautiful spot in maine because it being a Stephen king story the fucking place got to take place in maine <laughs> um and here we are introduced to the neighbor across the street um because the road is uh, the road is uh really busy uh with semi trucks and heavy traffic so uh we enter a character named judd crandall which um Side note, as like for some reason, I really the thing about Stephen King stories is that they make he makes like really memorable characters. Yeah, I, no, that's what I've always kind of noticed. 
Yeah, and I think even if you've read the book or not, um, the last names like just work so well. It's like you can't, you just got to say the full name. Um, I don't really remember last names of most characters, but like for some reason, Stephen King ones, like you know, right? Like Jack Torrance and uh, Randall Flag is a lot of common names people might remember, but uh. So Judd Crandall is always an iconic person because Fred, I think, is it Gwyn or Gwine? I've, I'm not too never, sure, honestly. Yeah, I feel really bad. I don't know that, but um, I don't know. I and I didn't recognize this guy from anywhere, but I thought he was great in this. Um, he is uh the can't think of the dad's name from the monsters. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He is that, and then he's also the judge in uh my favorite freaking comedy, My Cousin Vinny. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh my god, Matt. If if you needed a movie, if there was a movie so far that I've talked about um in the show, my cousin Vinny is definitely high on that list. Isn't Ralph Mat- Macchio in that? Yes, yes. It's okay. freaking it's a great freaking comedy. <laughs> it's it's a movie that still manages to make me laugh. It's great. And oh, um yeah. he is the judge and he is so straightforward to uh uh joe pesci it's so freaking hilarious they it's like they're a great duo um and he's about the same age in this movie and um so in the meantime the family is first moving in everybody's happy where you're introduced to lewis's wife and um his two kids gage and ellie and as Ellie is swinging on a um, tire swing, she happens to notice a trail that leads back to uh, woods. Um, Judd eventually tells them that leads back to the Pet Cemetery. Smattery. Oh. That was a great time for your cat to meow. Was it really? <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even, I tone her out that I forget she's even meowing. <laughs> Anyways, oh, though. <laughs> Love you too. Um, <laughs> thank you. But uh so eventually, uh help me if I'm forgetting anything, but if I'm not mistaken, they Judd introduces them to the cemetery. Yeah. And he talks to about how his dog is buried there and he sees a um he shows them the woods or like the big pile of woods that they say nothing about. Her. Right. And uh, <laughs> uh, and I believe what happens after that. Oh, so then we are introduced to. Um, I believe her name was Missy. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The like housekeeper. Yeah, the nanny. So this is where this this part of the story is different. Um, she has what? Did, what did she have? A stomach problem? Yeah. So that character is actually doesn't exist in the book. It's actually Judd's wife um, is is in it. And she has like, a, uh, I think, arthritis or something really bad. Um, oh, okay. So it's in in the remake. They they do it this way, too. Um, they're still together um, because I guess in in this movie, I guess they're dead. Uh, yeah, his wife. Yeah, or she had passed away, or I'm I'm assuming I don't remember. That's what I assumed. Yeah, and uh, unless he's just been a loner, you know. 
Right. He's just not providing with a woman. He's he's the seventy six year old virgin. <laughs> we get like yeah, about like another twenty years we can see if Steve Carell wants to I don't know how many years. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and oh my god seeing him play as Judd Crandall like a Michael Scott energy would be so great <laughs> but um uh so yeah so she ends up everything that happens with her pretty much happens to Judd's wife um okay. which I will get to then I'm sure not long after this Lewis goes to work as a doctor mind you mm-hmm. and um he goes a kid is rushed in, or not a kid, but a college student is rushed in after being hit by a car. I guess he was jogging. And this guy's name is Victor Pascal. As he is clearly has a massive head injury, uh, he is taken in to Lewis, who pretty much is pretty confident he's dead. So right. as he dies, he pretty much grabs his hand and says, uh, I forgot, I actually forget what he says, Matt. Do you remember what he says? Um, oh, God, let me see. I feel like I wrote part of it down at least. Um, he says, uh, stay fresh, Lewis. Eat fresh. <laughs> stay golden, pony boy. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> but no, he says something about uh, the soil of a man's heart is stonier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something. Stonier than a something heart. Yeah. Oh, yep. <laughs> yep. I like yeah, half-assed that, it, and then I was yeah. like, you know, I really don't know. <laughs> but I do remember he also like knows his name. He calls him by his name. Oh yeah, like, he says, "How do you know my name?" Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this part, uh, eventually Lewis goes to sleep, eventually. and um, he wakes up with the with the dream that he's being warned by. Uh, a dead, even glute, like a grosser, rotting version of Victor Pascal, and uh, he takes him. He takes him to the. Tra- I like that he shows him something that he has no idea about, and tells him, <laughs> "No, don't do it." And that's not the only time this happens. Yes, saying. because Jed doesn't even <laughs> mention that part. So Lewis no. has no idea. And I'm just like, there's a certain part where I I like the idea of him being like a saint. And like, uh, like trying to help him because that's the yeah. thing about the story is that Lewis being a doctor, his job is to make sure people don't die, and so it's very conflicting to what happens in the movie, right? Because, yeah, uh, Pascal is basically like a friendly ghost to them, mm-hmm. like, like move, but over, it really Casper. doesn't come off that way, <laughs> like, <Right>. um, <laughs> like just that part. He just doesn't. He introduces it to him, and it scares him. It's like, okay, yeah. I can see. But so uh, you see this thing you know nothing about. Don't go over there. Yeah, don't do it. No, no, <laughs> no. It's like giving um, your kid a knife and being like, "Don't play with this." <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. It's like showing exactly how to jab and slice. And like, <laughs> right. no. like, see, like this motion, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, does <laughs> you get timeout for that? Um, and Lewis does get timeout because he goes back to bed, and uh, <laughs> he does, and, and he wakes up and realizes, oh, it was not a dream. My feet are still muddy. So after that, I believe uh, the family leaves for vacation. Besides Lewis, or for Thanksgiving, besides, and that's Lewis. when church gets hit. Correct? Yes. 
Okay, so that's I don't want to step too further in. So the I'm adorable, pretty sure that's pretty close after that. Okay, so um, Church goes and gets, which is the cat. Uh, yeah, he gets fixed, and um, he he's like a cute little gray chubby short hair, mm-hmm. and uh, I think in the cover of the book, it's more of a Maine Coon. It's more of like a um a longer hair cat. And so, like, in the remake, they make it a longer haircut, but there's something about the gray-black cat that every time I see one, I think of this movie. Oh, right. <laughs> um, it's just something about it. It just seems more gothic than a Maine Coon. Um, th- that's, my cat- that's my cat talk for the, for the hour. This has been Austin's Cat Talk. Meow. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like a jazz band, but cats. <laughs> The cool cats. Yep, there we go. And uh, so, uh, so yeah, Church gets hit, and Judd pretty much introduces him to the uh, pet cemetery, and it gets a little creepy. And um, which really makes me wonder why Judd even shows him that in the first place. Yeah, like um, <laughs> literally, like there was no reason. Yeah, because especially for how forbidden he makes it seem afterwards about when people like, dude, you're not the audience. You knew all this information the whole time. We were given it slowly throughout the movie. If somebody else would have shown Lewis, that would have made a ton of sense more. But um, I don't know. It's (laughs) like if he would have found it on his own and just randomly that actually I think I would have liked that more. But yeah, um, no, Judd's like, hey, sorry your cat's dead, but uh you want me to fix that? <laughs> like, yeah. And then but I although I don't know, it's very conflicting because I do like it when Judd's pretty much like, that's your cat now. He's like, that's not Ellie's cat. Like Ellie's cat's dead. That's something different. Yeah. No, that's true. But I think that's where the movie kind of falls into when people die, it kind of turns into the um when they what they come back isn't them and it's um it's like their guilt. Right. Um that's what I feel like it is. It's just the symbolic dead flesh representing guilt. And I think that's kind of what church what he means by that when church comes back and Lewis seems like, okay, this is a fucked up cat that won't leave me alone. <laughs> and it's like his guilt for his daughter, um for not really accepting death a whole lot. Oh, I, I remember totally see thing- that. I, I do remember one thing that we have missed that happened yeah. in between. Um, Lewis's wife, so the mom, I forget her name, actually. Rachel? Rachel, yes. Um, she um, is having a tough time Oh God! talking about, yeah, yeah. Um, well, actually, so after the whole church thing, actually, um, I think this is actually the correct order. Um what do you think about church when he comes back? Do you think that's like the funniest scenes? Like, did you laugh at any of the scenes with him and Lewis? What with like church just kind of being a dick? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like the way that it's filmed cracks me up every time when you just see this dead rat just flop right into the fucking right. uh, into the bathtub, and he's like, "How the hell did you get in here?" Like the way it's t- and then the, then he the catches like. Rah! Yeah, like the it's just comedically timed to me. It just cracks me up, and um, it's just like it's funny, and uh, it's it's like a surprising break, um, because this movie is actually very very bleak. 
Um, it's so bleak, dude. Yeah, it's this that's movie what, made me more sad than anything else. Yeah, because I, I had already watched it, and I was like, man, I was like, I have to finish this, and I was like, it's it's putting me in a bad mood. Yeah. Um, because it's it's like very like I said like gothic. It feels like a Edgar Allan Poe story, like modernized. Right. Um, and so, uh, so Missy, or in the book, in the remake, uh, Judd's wife ends up committing suicide because of her constant health problems. And so this is what spirals into, um, Ellie questioning about death. And that's really what this movie is like, is questioning what are the rules to death and, um, in kind of dealing with that. and how everybody handles it and perceives it. Um, Lewis says his way. Um, Ellie says what she believes. And then it's weird how we see Rachel uh, tell us how she really can't handle it. And uh, because she was just traumatized as a kid about her sister, Zelda, who had cyrocrosis. What was, do you know the exact thing? Uh, I don't remember exactly what it but was. But it's like a spinal, um, twisting yeah uh, something yeah. and yeah that is one of the most terrifying aspects of the movie it's yeah. like it, it's like the one i forget about that exists in the movie until i watch it and go oh yeah like that Dude, dark pit it <laughs> i'm usually good with uh like horror scenes and stuff but i was watching this at one in the morning the other night in the dark by myself yeah and uh the scenes with zelda rachel's sister yeah. I had to fast forward. It's like, yeah. I would, like, dude, so that was a guy playing the sister because they wanted yeah. it to be off-putting. But they got the creepiest fucking guy ever to do this shit. Yeah. And they're kinda... watching this in the dark, and I'm like, uh, no. So I just skipped past yeah. it. <laughs> it's just the acting and just the way the makeup is. and Yeah. Yeah, it's just so well done. Like, I can't tell you the last time I skipped a part in a horror movie. Just because I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah, it was just like unsettling. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I no, because I've seen the movie like probably, honest to God, probably about five or six times, you know, since I'd give a rough number since, you know. Um, right. But uh, so it's kind of, I'm a little deluded from it, but I would like to, I would like to imagine what, what would it be like watching this movie for the first time? Yeah, I did not expect that to happen, and then I was like, yeah, no, we're done with that. So, <laughs> yeah, moving on. <laughs> right. Um, and I think even in the remake it's it's kind of done well too. Uh, not not at the same level, but it gets pretty creepy because um I don't remember in the Wait, I think in the remake there was something about her dying in a uh in an elevator shaft. Oh. I think they really never mind. They fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) I could be wrong. Uh, Let us know, (laughs) and we'll correct it. But um, so yeah, so she tells us the story about that, and that's really yeah. That's there's so many terrifying just little moments in this movie I forget about, and one of them kitties. (laughs) <laughs> hey, your cat sounds terrified yeah and pissed off <laughs> <laughs> anyways though 
Um, I don't remember. <laughs> Children, am I right? Um, God. Okay. I can't remember what happens. So okay. That- so a- after all of that, uh, they basically go to uh, the family playing outside with it. Okay. Type. So it does go to that. It, it does yeah. happen quickly. Man, it's like death after death in this movie. It really kind of is. <laughs> so I'm not a parent, um, or at least yet, planning to be. But I can't. I can only imagine what this fucking scene feels like, and everybody knows it. It's the most. Um, it's the biggest thing about the movie. It's just you know. It, I love how it's filmed. It's so like almost like commercial, like cliche. Just like the happiest family, the dad's laughing. Everybody's having a picnic. Uh, everybody's having a good time, a good laugh, and flying the kite. And then, of course, with the busy roads. Um, the kite flies into the road. Gage chases after it, not terrified about a truck at all, and gets <laughs> and gets smacked by a truck. Yeah. So, um, I'll jump in here because I am yeah. a parent. Yeah. Uh, so I knew like what this story was. I knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but I felt like even knowing that, <laughs> once you see the kid with the kite and the truck speeding, you're kind of like, oh no. Mm-hmm. And the. I mean, once it did happen, it's not gory or anything, but it's still just like it's more than it's fucking the, heartbreaking. Yeah, it tells you the sad part because it kind of yeah. makes you. It's like this movie is less of a scary movie and more about like a pitiful movie, like to make yeah, you just like, feel like empty. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, dude. I like I teared up when this happened and like the yeah. scenes after with them like looking at pictures and shit. Yeah, because the way they filmed it was like straight to heartbreak, you know. Like, uh, you know what I, so I took notes while watching this mm-hmm. and, uh, this is what I wrote at this part. God damn it. What is this? The end of Paddington two? Because I'm a mess. Oh shit. <laughs> like, yeah. And now that is the main reason why that, like, there was f- very few movies that I was like, I'm not going to let my wife watch. <laughs> and then I was like, this is going to be one. We're not, I'm like, I'm not having, I'm not going to watch this. Around so, I was um, like, I'll watch a ton of scary movies. Not this one. My my wife was still awake when I started this movie, and I was like, hey, just so you know, like, this movie gets pretty fucked up, and she's like, Matt, I've seen this movie, like, ten times. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> she's like, actually, it's it's a pretty funny movie. <laughs> she, <laughs> so, yeah, the next day, she was like, how'd you feel about it? I was like, it wasn't really that scary. She's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> she's like, it's really dumb. <laughs> that movie's for babies. It's pretty much how she said it. Yeah. The tone, the tone conveyed that. <laughs> yeah. You're a baby. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, boy, so, oh, boy, boy. <laughs> but yeah, so Gage gets hit by the truck. And then the movie um, cuts away and it's, it says directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Lincoln Park kicks in. <laughs> no, um, no, but basically we have like even insult to injury. Um, the father-in-law just hating Lewis. They get in a fight during the funeral at the and, fucking funeral, dude. Yeah, it like it literally is insult to injury. How worse could this get? And um, Judd, sorry, sorry, I was going to say Lewis again. Um, Judd basically Judd. has a good old Judd. Fucking um, Judd, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
Reminds me of Wilson from uh, Home Improvement. <laughs> yeah, he really does. <laughs> uh, he's just hiding home. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do love that uh, shot that happened. He goes, yeah, I don't want to ask down that road. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's so well done. Such an iconic right. character. Um, before I get too far with no, I'll say it after the rundown. Okay, I'll have to I'll have to power through this. Um, okay. so basically, um, Judd really starts to feel regretful. He talks to Lewis that he feels bad, um, about letting him know about the pet cemetery as if it's destined. And they're like, no, you know, you didn't have to show him. But uh, yeah, if you want to believe in that, um, voodoo, that's something. Um, yeah. and here's. Oh, so just yeah. real quick, he he's like, uh, I shouldn't have shown you this. And he's like, I know what you're thinking. Don't do it. Don't bury your son there. Yeah, and, and I told said you nothing about it. Yeah, Lewis is like, <laughs> he said no words about it before that. Yeah, right. Um, but here in the book, uh, Judd starts to talk about what what it really is. No, actually, he talks about it before because he gets asked if any humans were buried there. But um, he does explain something about Native Americans and it being, he says Wendigos. And yeah, I'm like, I was, was going to bring that up at some point. It's like now, you know, back then nobody really knew that much about that. But then now with more like supernatural podcasts out there, you know, like super um, normal. Yeah. Like one of those shows by <laughs> chance uh, happened to, um, you know, more shows are out there to inform people about that kind of stuff. And then now that more people know about that stuff, watching this, it's like, dude, you know nothing. <laughs> like Stephen, right. in the book, um, I'll have to reread it because he does go into detail a little bit more in the book about the Native American. That's um, what I heard. Folklore, yeah, it's kind of like with it. They explain a little bit more about Pennywise in the book than the movie, but yeah, it's something that's like, okay, that's it's like we're good with burial ground, but you want to throw Wendigos in it? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like Stephen King found a source book and was like, "Yeah, words." So, um, what I read because I was just actually reading about this earlier today was apparently, um, like it doesn't really say this in the movie at all, but apparently, like, uh, so it's a burial ground made by the Micmac tribe, and uh, it was discovered by a Wendigo who cursed it to bring things back to life. So that's why that happens. And when they come back to life, they're possessed by the Wendigo. So because they're a Wendigo, they kind of look human. Yeah, and they're like, they're wanting like flesh and to kill. That makes a lot of sense because it's like you're put in the body. Dude, that's even creepier because yeah. it's like, that's like, hey, we're going to go put this body here. Um, Come on out, Wendigo. Um, go ahead and put your soul into this thing. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I I re was reading that they kind of went into it in the book, but not in the movie at all, obviously. Yeah. Except uh, they actually do kind of hint at it in the movie. So there's the part where they're uh, they're walking into the woods for the first time to get to the to the burial ground. Yeah. And there's like it sounds like a baby crying almost. And yeah, Judd's like it's just a loon. That's supposed to be the Wendigo. Because they're known yeah. to like cry out for help, and, so people go and over then there. mimic and yeah, yeah. God yeah. damn, that is creepy. That's what yeah. that makes the movie creepier than 
any other else thing that happens. It really does. And I also read that in the remake, there's one shot where they're going back there to the burial ground, and in like the background, you can see a Wendigo. Like like the horns and everything. Yeah. But like just barely like out of frame. Right. I mean, I went to go see that movie at the theater and it was freaking dark. I was like, I couldn't imagine watching this on my TV. (laughs) So I'm sure it would have been really hard to find. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that no, that's really interesting because that just it's creepy because it kind of it's it's lurking in the non-existent realm of the movie. But like yeah. consciously, it exists, yeah, and that's what makes it terrifying. Weird. I think that's why people get so much into the Shining because they get so interested in what's not there and how we don't really understand it. Hmm. Um, yeah, anyways, sorry to yeah. get off on that tangent. No, that was it. interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, that definitely helps out uh, on a lot of info. Um, but you know, this movie was like that's too much. We can't also be adding that. We all we have to be. Um, because right. <laughs> this movie it really is like you said like a drama it's more kind of like uh emotional driven uh story yeah. um so obviously we know what happens um the family goes away to the in-laws's house um at least start seeing visions of pascal um lewis is pretty much like in a state of shock he's just delusional and um oh judd does tell us about um i forgot the name of the boy that came back from war like and up- timmy something yeah <laughs> timmy <laughs> timmy come on back to kill you <laughs> and uh he does tell us the story about that i wonder if there's other been people buried in between that time um other than just yeah um, but that's very creepy going out to the country and finding out, yeah, see that house? There was people moited in it. <laughs> right. Out back in them woods. <laughs> um, but so uh Judd tries to stay awake, he ends up passing out from drinking too much. Lewis goes out and while he's free, he goes to dig up his son's corpse while he uh is holding him, and it's very dark and emotional. Um, uh, so he goes to bury him and offers him to the Wendigo. And, uh, so as he offers him, he goes back home and we see, uh, giggling gauge, which is so silly to me. How many times I've <laughs> heard it. Giggling gauge. Oh, good old giggling gauge. <laughs> uh, triple G's. Um, so he grabs a surgical knife and he goes over and he pretty much has the most suspenseful scene with fucking Judd. Uh, where oh, Judd dude. comes upstairs and get old, you know I, I I have mentioned with Chucky, the old monster under the bed never gets old. It didn't get old with this fucking movie, right? Because um, it's like you know he's under there, but he gets. I do like that church kind of works with him too, because it's like now that it you really said does, that, yeah. Yeah, now that you said that the Wendigo is like in the soul, I would imagine it's it's the same soul almost or like right. uh entity. Um that also happens in the remake. Um the reason why um I'm not gonna we'll go into detail with that later, but the reason why somebody gets hit by the truck is because of um church beat out in the street. Um huh. so like that's kinda interesting that like 
that's a thing. Okay. But, so, um, so Gage comes out and cuts ah, Judd right in the Achilles with a surgical Dude, knife. Something about like people getting cut on the back of their ankle. Just yeah, it's and like, that's it the movie to do. Feet. <laughs> um, then eyeball stabbing scenes. Dude, eyeballs are I don't find as bad as just like the fucking Achilles tendon. Scene I mean, cut no, but like, it's uh, to me it's in the same area. Um, yeah, it depends. Weird. Not all eyeball scenes are bad, but like some are kind of brutal. Um, right. And but yeah, like the back of the ankles or any ankle. Yeah. Trying to think of other things. Usually broken, broken stuff does it for me too. Backwards broken stuff. Oh right. Um. Yeah. yeah. Fucks Judd up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Judd gets killed. He gets sliced up, chewed down a little, nibbled. He became a little lunchable. All those years, <laughs> all those 80 years, he turned into a snack-sized nugget Lunchable to gauge. God, I hope I turn into a Lunchable someday. <laughs> it's like, I That's hope. how I want to go. <laughs> I want to be the, I want to be the, uh, the upgraded one and have, uh, <laughs> have all the juice and everything with it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like a good Lunchable. Yeah. Dude, I used like to think having lunch jealous. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like I used to, when I would grocery shop with my mom, I would see a Lunchable and I'm like, that would make me the coolest kid in the school. What's the best Lunchable real quick. Let's do that. <sighs> oh, don't make me choose. Well, we we're going to say what's on the bottom. I'm probably going to put nachos on the bottom. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, pizza is a strong one. Nugget. Pizza to me, pizza and nuggets are on the same level. But P- I would pizza would be my vote. Yeah, I would have to say it's hard to it's hard it's hard to choose. Do you Pizza's think pizza cool. lunchables are the best lunchable? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know at silver screens and hornet scenes. <laughs> um <laughs> good old junk cradle pizza. <laughs> you gotta turn into a pizza ball. Um <laughs> I do like my frequent mention of pizza ball. Somebody ordered a pizza ball. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. Uh, oh, dude, okay, real quick. Okay. Have you seen the new Doctor Strange movie? Doctor Strange. No. Okay, so it's directed by Sam Raimi. Okay. <gasps> yes. And Bruce Campbell is in it. I've heard. And he plays a food vendor. And you know what he fucking sells? Does he sell pizza balls? Pizza balls. Oh my god. Is it just <laughs> for the Eric Andre thing? Or is it just I don't I don't know. <laughs> that seems so out of place. The reference yeah, well, that. Well, they were in like a like a uh God, like a multiverse. They're in like a separate universe where things I, are a little different. Yeah. So he's selling pizza balls on the street. I can totally see Sam Raimi being a big Eric Andre fan, though. Like, I can see him being like kind of like with like loving Jackass, and then also kind of going into that realm too. Yeah, so that's our that's our other pizza ball tangent. Yeah, (laughs) that was your pizza ball hour. (laughs) Um, Anyways, (laughs) so uh, Ellie gets. Uh, visions that something's wrong by uh, Paps Cow, which um, is, yeah, interesting to me. I, I don't know why. Yeah, Ellie's psychic as fuck in this. Yeah, it's wacky. It's like, uh, it's it, it's pretty much like Jamie from Halloween 4 and 5. 
uh, level psyche. A little weird. But, um, so, so the mom had, Rachel has the feeling to go back home. Um, I was almost going to say, does she take Gage with her? And then I'm like, (laughs) no. No, I don't think she does. (laughs) The only reason why I thought that is because that's what happens in the remake. Oh. Um, because I was like, and I was like, so Ellie stays. And I'm like, what happens to Gage? I'm like, oh, no, he did. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. No, ain't no mo. <laughs> so, um, so Rachel has the need to go back. And this is what I'm confused about. Um, this is what confuses me about Pascal's intentions. So, mm. why? So he was basically helping her get back home. Yeah. And but isn't that where the danger is? Yeah, but the see, um, he was only there for a little bit, and he left after she got home. And he was like, "This is the end of the road for me." And she's like, "I think these will go well." And he's like, "I don't think they will." <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so I, it's I I don't think Pascal was antagonistic. I think he was trying to help legitimately. Yeah, I think him. he was generally trying to help, like go home, stop Lewis. Yeah, but then like just the way that it seems, it just was conflicting. I don't know. It, am I weird for thinking that's like, uh, like maybe he was a double agent? You know, like, <laughs> like trying. Well, that's not to what I was thinking, but it just was very confusing about it, a little bit. Um, a little bit about his. Yeah. I think maybe because I've just seen the movie like a hundred times, and it's like it. I like remember the events like. I'm like, oh yeah, she goes straight to the house, but then it's like when rewatching it, I'm like, oh yeah, she kind of wants to go home, but then here is accidentally called into Judd's house, right? Um, so as she goes into Judd's house, um, which Lewis is sleeping this whole fucking time, mind you, and um, <laughs> and uh, she goes into Judd's house, and it's like disgusting. It's green and like oozing. It's like you, this. You know what it reminded me of? Monster House. Uh, no, Cat in the Hat. Oh, you want the house <laughs> when they uh, when they open up the thing? Yeah, and the and toilet just, like, turns the house flaming. all wacky. Yeah, yeah. It was like that, but like uh, like a scary swamp version. Yeah, I could totally see that. God damn, <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, uh, best movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm going to say for the rest of the show. Whatever I don't want to get off tangent, you know, I'm just going to say, I'm not okay. going to go down that road. Just stop me. Just be like, no. <laughs> bad, bad. Bad. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, uh, she goes in there and it's kind of weird how that happens. How the house just looks like that is very off. Yeah. But I think what that kind of is is kind of representing that uh, that guilt she's feeling inside um, right. about both Zelda, because I think she gets really conflicted about Gage's uh, how to handle death because she talks about it's really dark mentally that she talks about Zelda and how like how much of a burden she was and wanting her to die. Yeah. That um, I think it's conflicting to her heart to feel about Gage's death. So pretty much she sees Gage, and the reason why I think that is because Gage is oddly, he shows up to her at Judd's house, and he's oddly dressed as the baby painting, the weird baby yeah, painting. Yeah, of Zelda. 
Yeah. Oh, is that who it is? Is that what the painting is? Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize that at first, because I was like, why the fuck does he have a top hat and a cane? Yeah. (laughs) So that definitely explains, yeah, because I've noticed that those two between the painting and that, and I don't remember if that's how it is in the book. Yeah, because it's a painting of Zelda. That kind of shows you that Gage is representing Zelda, and she's, like, very conflicting on how to, you know, feel about And that's what I think mostly bringing the death back is, is that representation of guilt. And uh, so she gets killed um, by that. (laughs) It kills her. It consumes her. Um, Gage just slices her up. It has a little fun. I like to imagine baby strength uh, (laughs) Gage had to what comes next. Um, So Lewis wakes up the next morning, uh, sees that his knife is gone. And which I don't know why he would have that in his house in the first place. That seems a little weird to me. Um, That seems like something that should be at the (laughs) office. Um, unless he takes calls, which I don't know. <laughs> you take calls. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so he's pretty much, I, it's so weird to me that he's on board with Gage being back alive and how instantly he's like, I gotta kill him. Gotta kill him. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no in between. You know what I mean? It's like, to be fair. Before he buried him, he told Judd, he was like, if he comes back and he's not right, I'll put him back to sleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does say that. So, I mean, he's kept to his word. Yeah. Because he was just like, because once he's like, the knife's gone, he's like, gotta kill him. <laughs> yeah. He's like, like, no, dad, I was making, I was I was cutting, there was no knives in the house. I was cutting <laughs> I you was a pie. A yeah. I was just, just cutting you a pie I made you. And it's like, no, gotta kill him. <laughs> um. <laughs> and and he oh well, then you know or maybe it was the muddy footprints that he left that was like I'm killing this kid. Um, <laughs> I just cleaned these floors. <laughs> yeah, and I do love it, the phone call that he has with Gage when he's like, "What did you do?" And it's just a baby laughing. Like you can't tell me that's <laughs> right. not funny. There's a I think there's a couple accidental silly moments that happen. Oh, with there Gage. there are. Especially yeah. towards the end here. <laughs> I would like to see a YouTube poop of Gage <laughs> flying down uh, flying down the attic. <laughs> or the shooting stars meme. Yeah, and just spitting in space. That meme that meme did not die out. We just stopped giving it attention. Yeah, it's time to bring that back. <laughs> it's time. With a movie from 1989. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. And uh, so, um, Lewis has, um, does it say what he has? What? what no, uh, he just has a syringe. Like, with chemicals, yeah. yeah it was just it's, heroin. It's bleach. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Good old cyanide. And uh, yeah. so he puts church down. That's his first thing. And, uh, okay, so I gotta stop you right there. Okay, because so yeah, he he goes over to the house and church is there. Gives and, him uh, a raw steak. He gives him a steak, and he says one of my favorite lines of the entire movie. That's your favorite line? It's one of them. I okay. got two. So this is one of them. He gives him the steak, and he says, "That's right. Eat up while you can. Today's Thanksgiving Day for cats, but only if they came back from the dead." Like, oh. What oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that <laughs> like, is really weird. that. 
That's, it was just so weird. They that's a that's a line I could tell was directly from a Stephen King book. But like when they were proofreading that, they probably should have left that line out. Like they could have stopped it at the first line. That's right. Eat up while you can. But <laughs> yeah, they just kept going. <laughs> like yeah. today's yeah. Thanksgiving Day for cats. Okay. Like that's fine. You know, uh, you like, can stop there. for cats. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, everybody eats. And then but only if they came back from the dead. <laughs> like and it's like, okay, that's well, a little far it, there. Well, look, if you put up the, yeah, the church is like specific, are you? <laughs> yeah, like, it just kept going. He like he doesn't eat it. He just gives it the the side eye that most cats do. Yeah, <laughs> right. Goddamn. Yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt. But that I, was I had to throw that in there. Cat talk. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, so he puts him out. Uh, Gage go not Gage. Uh, Lewis goes back in the house, no longer ugly and green. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Um, the Zelda scene, the second one, does happen when uh Rachel walks through the house. Yeah, um, I fast forwarded that one. Okay, <laughs> so just to catch up with you, that yep, that happens. <laughs> yep, and um, yeah, because it shows her, and then it transforms into Gage, and Gage kills her. So yeah, that's what's weird. Um, so as Lewis is walking through the house, Rachel, this is where the baby strength comes in from. I don't remember if he finds Judd first. I think yes. he finds Judd first. And as he finds he Judd back, like under the bed because Gage somehow moved his body. Yep. That big old tall man. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and then, yeah, and then somehow pull manages to pull Rachel up into the attic for his body, for her body to drop in a hanging fashion. He learned how to it's all in that morning. <laughs> they were terrible knots. Yeah. He didn't have YouTube to go by. He, um, <laughs> he was looking yeah. through, he was looking through Judd's wife stuff and managed to find a, um, DIY book. <laughs> how to how to tie knots for evil demonic babies <laughs> and how to resize a dress <laughs> <laughs> yep this is all what he had time for he, he he had to read something on the way back from the woods yeah it's he a had time to walk. kill until lewis woke up too yeah so um so that happens <laughs> and uh i love that he waits for him that doesn't make a whole lot of sense does it he just he's at the Lewis is sleeping. Why does he just kill him then? <laughs> right, I don't know. He's just like, come on over, Dad. Mom's here. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it's a hoot. And yeah, um, he like drops the mom's body and makes like he's up in the attic and he makes this face that my daughter makes all the time. <laughs> oh, he's like, stop it. <laughs> like, yeah, quit don't it. Do <laughs> um. Oh, and that was the other thing I had mentioned about this movie because I was actually terrified of him when i was a kid um oh, of gage yeah um something about the makeup it wasn't him when he was alive it's him when he's dead it's something about the makeup that just scared me as a kid and we'll get into that in a second because i've got something to say about that but okay because even the back um and the on the vhs tape even the back of it is his face oh yeah uh, um in the in it, that's just it's just a photo of his face in the description of the movie. So like I used to be scared of uh, actually having to look at that. So I didn't watch this movie until like I don't know until I was at least a little older, not that young of a kid. But um, right. So Lewis ends up 
having a one-on-one battle with his son. Um, very, uh, what story would you say this is like? Who fights uh, your was- dad? Oh, this uh, Guardians. This is very Star Lord. Um, energy uh, fight goes on. Yeah, <laughs> <From> gr- <laughs> <laughs> it's just very less less Pac Man, more stabbing. Um, <laughs> if anything, I I was thinking of a uh, Chucky the whole time when he's like attacking him. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, damn, this looks just out of Child's Play. I'm <laughs> like, dude. I'm like, you just got to give that kid one good backhand. I'm like. <laughs> 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 but I, uh, because it even gets comical because he just goes no fair, and I'm like, dude, dude what? Yeah, okay. So Lewis gets the upper hand and he stabs uh, Gage with the needle. You should, and then immediately, <laughs> right? <laughs> but like immediately though, Gage just goes no fair and like the saddest face, and I was like. Why do I feel so bad for this demonic baby right now? Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, wow, it, you really don't expect it. Um, you're just like, yeah, fucker, die, and then you're like, oh yeah, that's that is your son, like, right? And like, it, yeah. So that's what I was gonna say about the makeup. I think they should have done a lot more because I didn't think he looked that freaky, and I was just like, this just looks like a sad little kid right now. Like, yeah. Um, Put some like open wounds on him or something, so I don't feel as bad. Well, then not to mention, yeah, he did get hit by a truck. He just has a scar coming down his head. Yeah, like, um, I will admit in the remake it gets creepy because, um, I will say it. Uh, since we're pretty much at the end of this movie, in the remake, instead of Gage getting hit, it's actually Ellie that gets hit by the truck. Oh, really? Yeah. So it comes in as a surprise. I don't know if you plan on watching the remake. I wouldn't say it's probably not watching. Yeah, it's not really. I wouldn't put it. It's interesting. If you're in, if you're really into this, I would say, yeah, why not? I wouldn't, I I wouldn't say it, but, um, so she gets hit and then there's a part where, uh, she looks more dead. She looks definitely has more makeup and stuff done. And there's even a part where Lewis like bathes her because, you know, she's dead. (laughs) And, uh, he like starts to wash her hair and he feels like the hole in her head. And, and that's the part that I was like, there's some good moments in the movie, but the whole movie as a whole, I wouldn't recommend. Right. But there was like little moments like that that were like, oh, I love this. This Dude. is like, it really went there with it. Okay. I got to say, though, getting back on track here, um, after the whole no fair thing, oh, he yeah, sort yeah. of stumbles around and he like, he trips backwards and falls and hits his head on the wall. Yeah. And he's like, and fuck. like, do you think that was scripted? Like, do you think that was on purpose or do you think it actually happened? And the director was like, that's a good shot. Let's keep that in. I'll have to re look at it. <laughs> like, I, I'm it pretty lo- sure it looked it very. Ax- yeah, yeah. I'm it sure it was like an, an accident. I'm sure it was an accident, but I think I'll have to re look at it to see how long that shot lasts afterwards. Yeah. Cause if it's for a minute, I'm like, why is nobody going to the, going to him? I think they cut away like right after. So <laughs> like, that's that's good. <laughs> so I think he literally fell and hit his head. Like, and you know, they probably went back and edited it was like, oh, no, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Because like, once again, it made me feel bad for this little fucking evil yeah. three-year-old kid. <laughs> like, yeah. Or maybe um, he says that and it's a different shot. And then it's just like the little bit of footage of that. Right. And they were like, oh, that'd be perfect to throw in right after. But still, the gauge, are you okay? You okay? We use the shot for the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right. 
But uh so yeah, um so now Lewis is smart enough to think, okay, Rachel just died, so the so would you that's call it a, smart enough? <laughs> like, yeah, so he's like, I'm gonna just bury her. And then um because it's quick enough, apparently, that was the thing. He didn't have enough speed. Is I don't know where he comes up with that idea. Yeah, no, he just sort of made that up. It seemed yeah. like. And, and then like, now, she's fresh. She'll be fine. Yeah, and now knowing the story about the Wendigo, it's like, he's like, yeah, the only difference is it's more fresh. <laughs> right. It's not been sitting in the fridge for a second. Yeah, because he burns down the house, but he grabs Rachel's body. And Pascal's yeah. like, don't do it. And he's like, it's fine. It'll be okay. He's like, oh, Pascal, you've been wrong this entire movie. Yeah. Pascal, <laughs> you're wrong. You dumbass. But yeah, so he, he buries Rachel, and yeah, you can he, finish it out. Yeah, and he goes back and plays uh, solitary, and this is how the book ends, too. Um, she basically comes in. She comes in really quickly, too, it seems like. Yeah. Um, like literally he comes in, puts a timer on, starts playing cards for like two minutes and she's there. And it's like, well, you had to be right behind her. <laughs> right. She's like, um, hey, wait, wait up, wait up. Wait yeah, up. <laughs> she's, yeah, she can't say anything. She's gargling. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's one detail that I do like about the book because the line that said is something like in the lines of what soil in her voice says, uh, like something. And it's like, Ooh, you're trying to imagine, what oh, a sound right. like that would be from a description. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it basically ends like that. And it's, it is such a weird ending to me because it's like, wait, so the whole family died, but Ellie is like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, okay. Um, so we're recording this online right now. I'm going to spoil this for anyone listening. Uh, Austin's name nope. on our web chat is <laughs> XX underscore Ellie is an orphan underscore XX. No, you miss you're misreading that. Oh, am I? It's L. It's Elysian orphan. <laughs> Elysian. Yeah, it's Elysian, Elysian orphan. orphan. <laughs> yeah, those are the orphans from Elysia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, My bad. But you didn't know about that. I didn't. No, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah so. it is it is a great gamer tag. <laughs> <laughs> and if for people who don't get the reference, which nobody really should, <laughs> when I'm on when I'm playing Call of Duty, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that so, is the whole movie. Yeah. Well, you, oh, you missed one important bit at the end there. Uh, Rachel comes back. And then they make out hardcore while she's like rotting. Yeah, it's it's just, it was disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then and then the movie ends with the Ramones, with the self. Oh yeah, song, right. Which is honestly a really great song. Oh yeah. So um, too. one thing that we skipped over, I want to get real quick, is my <laughs> other favorite line out of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, when. Lewis is at home by himself the second time, and they're at their in-laws. Mm -hmm. uh, Rachel tries to call Lewis, and he doesn't answer. And Rachel's mom says, let me see. Mm. It's probably says, out for a burger. <laughs> yeah, oh, he probably <laughs> went out for a burger or a chicken dinner. 
And I really wish he just like kept going, like, or a pizza, or a pork chop, or some spare ribs. It just zooms in on Rachel, and then in the background, you just see it out of focus her waving her hands in the air. Or some sushi, or a sandwich. Or how about Chipotle? Men always love Chipotle. Yeah, but that that made me laugh. I was like. And it just, yeah. yeah, it just zooms in on Rachel, and it just fades and fades, and then it just transforms <laughs> Lewis just sitting there, lonely, eating a burger. <laughs> eating a burger, yeah. <laughs> he's in his underwear, just, just like, not even eating it. It's in his hands, and he's just staring out in space. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yeah, that was Pet Cemetery. Um, now it's time for the splurge. The splurge. It's time, it's time for the splurge, man. Okay. Now time for the off changes. <laughs> um, the one thing I want to say we've been we've been hitting it hard with the '90s sitcoms. This is because, true. So, casting wise, we have we have um the monster himself yeah. as Judd Crandall. Yeah. And then, so we have that common sitcom, not nineties though, because we've had how what has it been Seventh Heaven, and, Seventh Heaven and Boy Meets World. Yes. So now we have Rachel, who um, the actress for that is huge on um, Star Trek: Next Generation. Oh, okay. Which is kind of eighties, nineties. I I didn't really watch um, Star Trek. Yeah, I've never really watched too much Star Trek outside I've been, like the newer yeah. movies. Yeah, um, she's on there. But lastly, um, the actor that plays Gage is in so many movies, like Kindergarten Cop. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he's in Kindergarten. He's the one that says, um, "Girls have uh, boys have penises and girls have vaginas." <laughs> I have. I've never seen Kindergarten Cop. Oh man! Yeah. Oh, well, definitely watch my cousin Vinny first. Kindergarten <laughs> and then Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten cops can't be for the campy right. factor. Just how just goofy it is. But there's still some good, like genuinely funny moments in there. Oh, I, I've heard good things. I just I don't know. I just have Yeah, it's it's like you know, when you watch a comedy and it just seems so gimmicky, like, yeah, that movie's a hundred percent gimmicky, but it uh it's actually like I might have to yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's pretty okay. good. <laughs> but no, my cousin Vinny is like way funnier. Um, so, uh, but yeah, he plays in so many things, but he's also a reoccurring actor on full house. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I forgot his character's name. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, I was like, oh my God. So we were hitting it all across the board with nineties. Uh, I gotta find this real quick. Yeah. Um, cue in the elevator music. He was someone named Aaron on Full House. Was it Aaron Rodgers? Oh, he was like Michelle's friend. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I remember this. He's the, Anyways. I mean, it's been a, it's been a long time <laughs> since I watched Full House. Right. Uh, but it, a shorter time since I've seen Fuller House. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to get into some trivia I've got here? Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. 
I've only got a few things here for this one. But um, something we already covered was uh, the role of Zelda was played by a man because uh, they wanted it to be off-putting. Mm-hmm. Um, in the novel, Judd mentions that a dog went wild in a nearby town and killed several people, which was a reference to Cujo. Oh, I thought, you know, once you, once you started that, I was kind of thinking of a reference to something. For some reason, the first thought I had was Silver Bullet. But yes, Cujo makes way more sense. Way um. More. So yeah, something else we mentioned earlier was the Wendigo, which was originally in the screenplay, but was cut from the film uh, due to budgetary restrictions. Mm. So another thing that was already kind of mentioned was uh, Stephen King is a big fan of the Ramones and referenced some of their songs in the novel Pet Cemetery. And so, yeah, in homage to that, uh, the Ramones wrote and performed the theme song Pet Cemetery, which is featured in the closing credits. Nice. I do know Stephen King does. If you ever read his books, he does reference a lot of rock bands, um, especially of like the seventies and stuff. Rock bands like that, and so, um, so that makes a lot of sense. I don't remember him mentioning that in the movie. Oh no, that's not true because literally he mentioned um, the truck driver is literally playing the Ramones when he's driving. Yeah, yeah. yeah so playing, I think that's even uh, written Sheena in is the a book. punk rocker. <laughs> yeah, so I think he, I think that's even written in the book, so that makes a lot, yeah, it's probably oh, nice. So, um, another thing, uh, the idea for the story came when Stephen King's daughter's cat, Smucky, was killed on the highway outside of their home. And, uh, you know, it sort of stemmed out of that and him having to talk to his daughter about death. Yeah. And, uh, Smucky's name actually appears on gravestones in the pet cemetery in oh, both yep. the novel and in the movie. Yep, because I was like, I remember that kind of sticking out when I saw that. Now that you mentioned it, it's all the then, random uh, names that were written on the. Yeah, right. Then my last little bit of trivia here is: uh, Do you know who the first choice was to play Lewis? Um, I'm gonna get no, but I'm gonna guess somebody that looks like him. I'm gonna guess two people that look like him. Okay. I'm gonna guess. Um, who is the guy that plays in *Of Mice and Men*? Gary Sinise. Okay, good choice. But no. No. <laughs> okay. And my other guest is going to be um gonna, oh Patch Adams. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um God I can Austin. I can't think of the who was the guy that was originally supposed to be Marty McFly? Oh, oh, er, er, Eric Stoltz. Yeah, Eric Stoltz. Okay. Oh, I must uh, not no. be can't yeah. with his name. So okay. um we actually mentioned him earlier without me even remembering that I took this trivia down. Uh Bruce Campbell was the first choice of, for uh the role. Wow. Yeah. That you think that would have been a completely different tone of a movie? Yeah, probably. A little, this a little guy is a lot friendly. more serious than I've ever seen Bruce Campbell. Yeah. And and I think the guy that plays Lewis isn't really playing anything else, really. No, but he looked so much like someone else, and I still can't that's, put my that's finger why I think on Gary it. Sinise because he kind of looks like him a little bit, but not at the same time. Yeah, you know who I think he kind of looked like? Hmm. Uh, Jared Peladecki, I think is his name, the guy from Supernatural. Oh, oh, like yeah. the long haired brother from Supernatural. Yeah. He had like the same eyes as him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's who hungry I was thinking, eyes. but I'm not totally sure. Yeah, his eyes were hungry. but yeah that's all the little trivia matt's got for this should i talk in third person for the rest of the show sure okay sure matt (laughs) matt will
Just get, just make sure. <laughs> Good and <indubitably>. me. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, was there anything else you wanted to put out there about this here movie? Um, did you notice the Stephen King cameo? I did. Okay. Uh, I always kind of forget what he looks like, and then he shows up, and I'm like, that guy looks weird. I'm like, oh, that's Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, he looks weird almost every movie he does, like, slightly different. I love that he'll mostly do just the average guy. Like, right. if he's in a movie, he's like a trucker or some just Joe Bob character in a movie. Yeah. It's, it's great. Because, yeah, Especially he was like for- the, uh, the priest, right? Yeah, and he was, yeah, here he's like a priest. And it's like, okay, that's a little different. <laughs> Um, I think it's really funny that he plays those very Joe Bob type characters for somebody at the time who was like a college teacher, a college <laughs> oh, professor. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I think that's about mostly what I have. Um, this is, you know, it's a very, it's a very, uh, I want to say cult following. It's a very popular movie, you know, yeah. pop culturally. Um, a lot of people reference it. Usually, especially when it involves like resurrection, it's just a big story in that nature. One thing I would like to talk outside of the movie, I would ask Matt. Uh, Matt, you have you have uh, one cat or more than one cat? I have two cats, and this movie made me sad. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, even though I know Church was an asshole, I'm you know I'm a cat person. I love dogs, but like I think I'm more in the cat person realm because. I don't know. I just don't have to worry about taking them outside or them barking and not shutting up. Like there were, there were probably like 10 different times in this movie where in my head, I'm just like, Oh, that's sad. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, so, um, Matt, if you could, would you think you would ever bury your cats in the pet cemetery? Uh, would it come back evil? Um, yeah. Yeah, that that'd be the rule, I guess. Like this pet cemetery. Then no. I th- I I think I'd be like I don't know. This is <laughs> this is weird. I think I, I, I would. Be, I feel like I'd be willing to accept it. You know. Yeah, just like letting it go. Yeah. Here's the thing: if I would have asked me about, um, I have three cats. Um, two of them are which my wife's before uh, we got together. Well, her family's, but then we took them in um, right. when we moved in together. And I love them. They're amazing cats. But then it wasn't until we got a kitten that it became, um, I think it's been my first actual personal like pet. Um, oh, right. Because um, we, we've had a cat before, but we kind of shared it with my sister. But um this one, uh, she's so kind of more personal, and her and I, um, her name is Tulia, and her and I are just like so close bonded mm-hmm. that like I'm like I think I'd be in the realm of Lewis where I'd be like I'd do it, but if you go stupid on me, I'll kill you. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah, like I don't know, I I I fucking love my cat. Yeah. <laughs> like- I think I my <laughs> I think my cat and I have such like a buddy buddy bond. I mean, obviously, if she's like bothering me while I'm trying to just like do this, <laughs> <laughs> um, that like I think she would still be evil, but like I think I can kind of main. I th- I feel like I could control it. Like I mean, uh, to be fair, church was easier to control than Gage. Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> like I would I would do it definitely Shaun of the Dead style. 
<laughs> just keep him locked up. Just keep her like locked up on like a leash or something. Yeah. And then yeah. just give her the Xbox controller or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah. This movie made me very sad and made me go, please don't let my cat get my Yeah, cat this get. might be this is this is the part of the show where we go into the fields. Um <laughs> all the other movies were fun, but this is where it gets serious. Yeah. This is where we kind of we kind of turn tune it down a bit, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I gotta say, I I think I enjoyed this movie, but I don't think I'd watch it again anytime soon. Um, like, I've seen. Does it that make so, sense? Yeah, because I I have I have seen this movie so much that um I'm probably good for a couple years. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um. Because I, I had just watched, the last time I watched this was when the remake came out, because I had rewatched it, and I was like, oh, okay, this movie actually has light in it. Um, it was really weird. <laughs> I was like, wow, I can see this movie. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> I, I would say it's, it's you know, if, if I were to give somebody, um, let's say, let's say, like, a pyramid, right? And for horror movies in we start at the top and it's all the common ones. Like if I were to tell you must see, or like the iceberg, um, like the top of okay, it is yeah. like the common ones, um, pet cemetery. I would probably go the next level down. That, I, I get that. Yeah. But like, it, where it's, it's still common, but it, I can see where you might've missed it, you know? Right. But yeah. Um, I definitely enjoyed it quite a bit. I think I enjoyed it less than I thought I would because it was so fucking depressing and bleak most of the time. Yeah, yeah. But um, the yeah, church, I guess the church moments I think will really make it like kind of hold it in there a little bit, right. <laughs> kind of light the tone. But I guess we can kind of get into our rankings here. Um, so I think like movie wise for me, I'd still have Child's Play at the top. And then Cabin Fever, and then I think I'd put Pet Cemetery, and then Psycho. At the bottom? Yeah. Okay. I, I think yeah. I did enjoy this more than Psycho, which uh, Psycho was great. Yeah. There's, like, I, I, I uh, the thing I think I really like about Pet Cemetery, though, like, outside, um, outside of just rewatching it again, is, like, Victor Pascal's, like, makeup is so fucking cool. It, um, it was, yeah. Th- there's a photo of him behind the scenes where he's like smoking a cigarette, and it's like the coolest photo ever. So, actually, another piece of trivia I remember. I didn't like write it down or anything, but while I was looking up stuff, um, there were times where he'd be on set in his makeup during yeah. lunch, and everybody would sit like away from him because <laughs> he looked so grotesque. Yeah, like, I nobody mean, would show a part of his, like, <laughs> yeah, they should, like, show a part of his brain. I'm like, if you're eating pasta, you're like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> right. And if you're eating brains, like, yeah, like, they're oh, like, that's okay. The caterer comes in on the set, like, what are we eating? Mastacholi. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, um, so I guess, uh, ranking wise with you, if, I don't know the last time you listened to the song because um you know, I gave the song a couple listens to um now that I let it sink in. There's a lot of parts I do like about this song. Um oh yeah. Uh I can go into that, but but first before I go into that, you know, I'd probably put this as my number two. Um yeah. I really did like the song because I love how metal it sounds. Um, oh dude, it's so heavy. <laughs> um 
because I'm looking at the list right now, and I really do have uh, currently. I think I have rash decisions at top. Okay. Funeral derangements. I think they're back and forth with me at the moment. But shower scene under that. Welcome to Horrorwood and Assault Batteries on the bottom. Okay, respectable. But Assault and Batteries, I do find myself re-listening to because it fucking makes me laugh. Um, right. Going back to it, like the whole, you know, it was off-putting at first, but um, it grows like, on you. It, it really has the whole uh, mommy, mommy, it's talking. Like that part gets me. Um, right. Hell yeah. Well, I think I still put that at the bottom though. Like not that I like hate it. But right, no, no, uh, I get it. Um, but yeah, um, did you want to go into detail about the um capturing the movie? Yeah, yeah, let's get into that. Figure out uh how good of a job we think it did there. Okay, I was gonna say that um, I noticed the song starts off right away, just right at you and like it oh, just yeah. hits and i think like no think, build up at all and i think what like the intention was was to hit you like a truck like <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, like do you think, I, I think that's... you're actually spot on about that <laughs> okay i didn't know if that was something that was like noticeable or just like just like oh i'm looking too deep into it right but um, uh, yeah no i thought besides that like they did I think this one does a really good job actually capturing the spirit of this movie. Yeah. Like, especially in the lyrics. Yeah. Cause, um, I, I do love that they sing, um, sometimes Judd is better, just like how Judd does. And yeah. And okay. We didn't even bring that up in the movie. Like he said the line and I was like, Oh, okay. There's the line. And he said it like five more times in the next like two minutes. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. Isn't that great? Then you can see yeah. why. <laughs> Um, have you heard him say that before, uh, before watching the movie? No, no, I only knew it from this song, basically. Gotcha. And, uh, what I like about when they say that too, is that it, it sounds like the movie, but it also has the metal music side of it to where it kind of reminds me of Corey Taylor's voice when he starts off duality and, uh, from Slipknot and, um, or it's like that over weird treble sound they do on the microphone. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I do like that the guitar has uh, when the main riff starts the it sounds like this revving up engine, which is very yeah. symbolic because it's like, yeah, we're talking about cars hitting kids. Right. Talk about yeah, cars. Like, Today uh... we're talking about cars and kids. <laughs> I don't know if you caught this the first time we listened to it, but in the first verse, I'm going to read a couple lines here. Yeah. Uh, it says, with church bells ringing, I'll start mm-hmm. digging. Fast, they'll never know he's missing. Now the cat's back in his cage. And then does the, oh my God, oh, gauge. Oh my God. Yeah. So I did notice when we when it first started playing, um, yeah, that I noticed when sometimes that is better. I heard that long and I was like, oh, this is Pet Cemetery." And then when I heard church, instant because that's the first word yeah, that I, I see yeah i didn't get that like before watching this movie yeah and so or now the cat's back in his cage like yep so when i had heard the line start off i thought it was going to be church you know and then talk about the cat and then i heard bells and i was like oh wait a minute what <laughs> and, <laughs> right. 
So yeah, that was something I did notice at first, and that's always cool when they kind of do that because they did that the same thing with um with uh, the Chucky movies too, and I thought that right. was interesting. Yeah, just sort of um, those, like double entendres, sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do wish there was more musically. I love that metal part with the riff. I wish there was more of that in the song because, like, yeah. that's the song that I love. And yeah, I just wish there was definitely more like lyrically focused on the movie. Yeah. Cause it goes like into that. Music. Yeah. And then it switches over to the verse and the chorus, which I do like, but I just wish they implemented, like I extend the song a little bit more to throw that riff in there. Um, or have another couple bars, you know, of that. Right. Um, one of the things I love in the song a lot too is when it gets real hard and the uh, the line "Wrath of God lays beneath this soil." Like, oh yeah, dude, when it, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh fucking oh. love that because <laughs> because <laughs> it gets deep and like the way that it's sung, it's so like heavy that it makes you feel like it's like this demon summoning, like uh, making this soil you know this area feel more taboo because not only is it like uh talking about the movie sense the story sense of it but like making it seem musically like you're summoning this kind of ritual to it that it makes it like fuck yeah right so um i think right now our rankings for this because we've done three songs before this are based on movies i think we had it uh assault and batteries and then the shower scene and then a rash decision at, like top to bottom there. So where do you think this one fits in there? Uh the song? Yeah. On like, my likeliness scale. No, on like how good we think it captures the movie. Oh oh duh the doy. Um let me I would have to say this is probably just right underneath shower scene. Oh, um, okay. So, yeah, Salt and Batteries, Shower Scene, and Rash Decisions. Yeah. Mm, it's about at the same level. See, I maybe would put it above the shower scene. Purely because I think the lyrics do such a great job capturing the movie. And there's also those few moments with, like, uh, you know, like sort of starting off, like, getting hit by a truck. And then uh, when Gage in the story gets hit by the truck and it's just, mm-hmm. like, Oh my god, Gage, and you can hear like the squealing the tire of the tires screech. and shit. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. That's um because I've always liked the thing I like in that song too. Um I don't know if it's a backing keyboard track or if it's a guitar strumming up and down. But it's like the um the higher notes that play uh right after the um Sometimes Dead is Better song, right before the verse starts. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like really cool, and right. um, that gives that to me also gives it like a funeral, um, ceremony like feel to the song. Yeah. Um, but then I, I, I'm, I think see, about the okay. scene, and it's almost like it's, um, it like tells you this walks you through the first half of the movie of Psycho. Yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to uh, uh, meet you here you know like i'm willing Uh, to put this behind the shower scene if that's what you want to do wait a minute but also i'm trying to also remember the fact that musically too you know i might musically um yeah i might have to put it above because i'm starting to think about how 
it was how Psycho is like the movie itself is a little different from the ballad of what shower scene kind of is. Right. But here, but here, like it being more of a heavier metal tone fits the how depressing tone of Pet Cemetery. I don't know. I, I'm gonna leave it up to you on this one. I I am going so I'm going to go with Salt Batteries, Funeral Derangements, Shower Scene, and Rash Decisions. All right. So that is our current list right now. We still got still got quite a few songs to get through uh, to find out. Yeah, I feel like the more we do, the, the harder it's going to be. It definitely will be. Um, so I think that's going to kind of wrap up this episode here because this is going on <laughs> kind of long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what do you think? Without any hints, will be the next movie. Um, I think it's going to be Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> um. <laughs> What if it um, uh, let me think. Let me think of a fun slasher movie. Um, okay. You know what? Can I give you? I'm going to give you a hint, actually. Okay. I don't think this next one would be considered a slasher movie. Okay. So, all right. Let me think. We have zombie movies, we have sci fi alien movies. <laughs> <laughs> And then we also have. What do we also have? That's it. That's all there is. That's all. That's all. That's all, folks. <laughs> um, but then you also have monster flicks. Uh. Well, I was gonna say The Shining, but since it's not a slasher movie, you know, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna say Alien. Fuck it. That's okay. a fun one. That is a fun one. Uh, so yeah, tune in to the next episode when we find out if Austin's right or not. I doubt uh, it. New, <laughs> new episodes drop every other Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow me and my other podcasts at Supernormal and uh, Pilot Seasons. Or anything very fairly. I mean, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Or very fair productions on YouTube and all that. Ooh, and uh, you can find Austin on YouTube at Big D Liquor and also on TikTok. Gluck, gluck. Oh, <laughs> I meant gluck gluck, oh. not the gluck gluck. Oh yeah, no, yeah, that that was a gluck gluck, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Are they allowed? <laughs> Are they allowed on podcast? <laughs> Here, um, oh, you know what I didn't do? I didn't find out the closing line for this. Oh yeah, you're doing a music line. It's yeah, a let, musical let, let me find one real quick. Cue in the elevator music again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that Kelpie G song from uh, SpongeBob. (laughs) What? The Kelpie G song when uh, the Squidward clarinet. It's like Squidward, but uh, Kenny G. Okay, okay. I got, I got my finishing line if you got yours yes i do so the the way we finish these now is austin's gonna give me a line from a horror movie mm-hmm. and i'm gonna respond with a line from an ice nine kills song and yep. it's gonna be utter nonsense and then we're gonna end the episode yes sir um so, matt uh, to do the tim allen grunts but he had perfected it before i I, we I got, got too good at it tim yeah. allen sent me a cease and desist <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, he's he waved us for <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for copyright, he actually gets uh, royalties for uh, the copyright of his grunt. Believe it. Or yeah, not. so I had to pay him like three dollars. Yeah, each time I did the oh, 
fuck. <laughs> well, now you could add that to your own thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> well, all right, Austin, you got a line to hit me with? Yes, sir. Today's line is brought to you by Slither. Your mama called. She said the toilet's backed up again. Wants you to come over as soon as you finish there. She said it's when you're done on there on Sunday because the backup. You've stolen the love of my life, so you'll be sleeping with the fishes tonight. Ooh. And that's our show. This podcast has been brought to you by Very Fair Productions. Uh, that's very fair.